Oh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bottom of the Bill. We got Nico Costas from Real Time Management joining us today. What's up, y'all? Um, before we get started with everything, oh, we got we could do the obligatory cheers before we get started. Yeah, of course, yeah. It wouldn't cheers. be a good podcast cheers, without y'all. Um, so before we get started, we've got a little bit of house cleaning. We want to uh, thank everybody who tuned in last week to the fundraiser and donated to what we were doing. Uh, we were able to get over $2,000 from that, which is going to be really cool and help us get back into the studio in a couple of weeks to start, uh, well, to continue working on what we've already started. So we really appreciate you guys doing that. Thank you so much. Um, we uh, we want to shout out to Brews for partnering, uh, Brews here in Riverside for uh, partnering up, up with us this week. We got to, we got to, I can't talk today. Jesus Christ. We got a giveaway with some of their uh, merch, like t-shirts and Growlers. growlers, yeah, growlers that you can fill up at their uh, station, and uh, what wasn't there a ten percent off? Yeah, if you mention bottom of the bill, or if you mention side hustle when you go in there, you get ten percent off your next order. How do so you win? Fine. So, all right, so if you, in order to participate in the giveaway, you have to share the live stream and tag five of your friends in uh, your share, and then we're gonna do a draw from that. And then announce on Friday who the winner is from the draw. So make sure you we'll, tune in. We'll do a live uh, 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 draw out of a. I'll get a goldfish bowl or something. Get a, okay. And put all the names in it. Don't slack, people. No, no I'm not slack. slacking. We're not. We're beyond slacking at this point. Chuck Majid, what's up, bro? Groove Orient and Chuck Majid band. Um, and then also want to thank Wicked Barley for last week for for being our sponsor for last week's episode. They're they are amazing, great people over there. Make sure you're supporting them. And their brewery in Mandarin, um, we can't thank them enough for being a part of it. And just all the support that they give us when we go on the road, they help us out. Just everything that they they book our band when they when they have events, everything they do is awesome. So thank you so much to them and Jen and everybody. And then we got uh, 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 everybody who uh, donated. Don't they get a, the copy of the live stream? Yeah, you do. You get a copy of the live stream. We're figuring out how to just logistically make that work right Don't now. Worry, I got to figure it out. Billy's got to figure it out. I got to figure so, it out. So uh, we have all the information of everybody who donated. And we're gonna, Billy's gonna figure out how to get it to you. Or Billy knows how to get it to you. I, I don't know how to get it I'll to you. I'll knock yet. on your door and leave it at your doorstep if yeah. you don't answer. <laughs> I'll wear gloves the whole time too. Uh, 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 quarantine pending. Um, and then also, if you donated last week to the cause, then Billy's gonna play you a song today at the end of the show. That's true. That we, I've got my piano set up and I've got all the names listed down and it is going to be 100% improv, which is basically all I do when I play. It's going to be the most exciting part of the show today. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy you're here. You get to have a, a, a front row concert. Well, I miss live music, so I, this is... Uh, I know. don't really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who needs it? No one. I don't think anyone needs it. What's the music. point? Nobody, I mean, like... Nobody here needs it, that's everybody's for Everybody's sure. got Spotify <laughs> now. Why do we need shows? You know what I mean? Um... Hey guys, uh, <laughs> uh, be nice to Billy because he's not much of a singer, right? But uh, he's gonna give it a shot, anyways. But I can't sing. Well, the, I, what I said, uh, uh, I've said this twice before about music, but I will say about singing. The worst part about singing is that everybody can do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is, what's that quote from uh, Step Brothers about karaoke? It's like maybe it's not. Maybe it's not your time to to to, to stand up, yeah, and you need to know when to sit down. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. No, you definitely don't know when to sit down. Well, I always uh, I play standing up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's something. Anyways, to do with this it. has gotten way uh, <laughs> way, off uh, way off course already, but 
I'm doing my best not to interrupt. Uh, Matt, you can't win, bro. You don't even. You live in Arizona. You can't win the competition for Dude, the Dude, do stuff. you not know how UPS store works? I'm ill. It. What's he gonna do with the Growlers? Is he gonna fill them up from Arizona? Sure. All right. They cool. work everywhere. You can wrap brews over in, uh, in, uh, in Phoenix, in AZ, Phoenix AZ, or wherever you're at, Scottsdale, wherever that's at. B-Roy, what's up, dude? Oh, yeah, Hampton. Hampton, Hampton was, uh, he was so excited uh, just to have it. Like, yeah, just my name is going to be on there. Our our, our, uh, our beer, uh, our brewery or whatever is going to be on. It's not on. a brewery, it's just a bar. Oh, it's a tap room. It's going to be on the bottle, so no matter where you are, it's going to be advertised. So That is true. I don't care where you are. Alaska, Tanzania, we'll send you it. <laughs> Can't go wrong. <laughs> Tanzania's shipping costs now are going to be outrageous. Uh, trust me, I know. We're going to blow our whole band budget on it. Anyways, um, uh, so we want to get started here. Nico uh, owns a management company called Real-Time Management here in Jacksonville. They Welcome booked- to the show. Thanks for coming. Yeah, man. Right. Thanks for being Thank here. Guys. It's great to uh, see some uh, fellow humans. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. one human, uh, reptilian. <laughs> yeah. Confirmed. I, I, hadn't, rept- uh, I hadn't learned that yet. So yeah. <laughs> well, he is. He's, re- he's reptilian. We've he's been over human. it. No, he's not human. Not Humanoid. Human. He's a reptile inside of a human's body. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like quite the transformation. It's pretty fun. I will say. You should that. watch him vibrate. You can yes. see him go back and forth between dimensions every now and then. <laughs> um, so, anyways, Nico runs their management company here in Jacksonville, and they manage several of the bands around town, from the bands you see at the corporate and wedding stuff to some of the bands you see playing on the bars, some of the bands you see they're touring around the country. And these guys are amazing at what they do. They they book for a lot of the festivals around here too, and. Uh, just to me are doing are one of the people one of the organizations in Jacksonville that are doing it the right way so we're stoked to have you on here thanks man yeah we're we're, we're trying can't say we do everything right I'm a, yeah I'm a huge huge fan of honey hounds and be easy I, I I swear to god I've never been to a be easy show where I'm just like it's not fair they're so good <laughs> I, yeah and that, they're insanely good I, I I tell them every time I'm like their biggest fan um, yeah. <laughs> i'm just standing there like like you know a kid in a candy shop just like holy shit yeah like, watching will on drums and aaron and so i mean everybody they're just individuals my, my favorite show that i went to go see them at was uh, uh at casa marina mm-hmm. where they do the casa marina show up there and it's acoustic oh, yeah. and i'm just like this isn't fair this is this sounds so incredibly amazing i just i love i love that band i love you never know what you're gonna get with the guys like you know i'll book acoustic shows and then i'll see videos from the next day and i'm like oh there there was a there's a full band that was (laughs) yeah that was that was acoustic the bass is the loudest thing in the entire world like yeah that's acoustic bass yeah you know (laughs) but uh yeah thanks for having me guys i'm uh i'm stoked to be here and, and chat music and chat bands and quarantine and for sure man um, oh, also, I did. Just, I, forgot, I forgot to say, uh, Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yeah, Mama, uh, if you're thanks, watching, happy, happy Mother's Day. She called me when I was setting up, and I was like, we got to make this quick. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call. I get lucky because my mom's uh, birthday is May 14th, and so I just two-for-one sort of situation. Nice. So, knock, wow. both out. <laughs> Consolidate all your celebration, Mom. We don't no, need it. No, no, I'm just for, 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 for <laughs> gifts for gifts and packaging purposes. It's it's pretty nice. Yeah. But it's been like that, well, I guess since I was a kid, it's not like her birthday revolves around the year, but... You're just being efficient in your packaging, saving I, trees. I'm being efficient. Yeah. I'm efficient. Yeah. She raised an efficient child. Happy Mother's Day. Mama, if you're watching, I love you more than anything. You raised our whole family, and there's nobody better than you. Oh, that's nice. Cheers to all you moms. Cheers to all your moms. And happy Mother's Day, Karen. Billy uh, 
obviously thinks the world of you, which means I do too. So I feel so bad for my Drink mom to too because her name's Karen and all the Karen memes that oh, have that's been pretty coming. Funny, though, I know yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. She's not a Karen though. She's she, not. No, your mom's awesome. She's never yelled at a Target uh, cashier. Yes. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Um, she does want to know who your supervisor is. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, just kidding, mom. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. So Nico, why don't you give us a little bit of background on how you got started in music and just yeah, give us a little, the, the spiel. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's uh, a bit of a, a lengthy tale, but I'll try and keep it as, as short as possible. Um, I picked up uh, playing drums when I think I got my first drum set at six years old, uh, which started to fuel, I think, everything that I've done today. But played drums um, throughout my whole childhood, my life, you know, marching band, all the stuff through high school. Um, was really into soccer at the time, thought that that was going to be like my end all be all um, being an athlete. But uh Injured myself, thankfully, <laughs> in high school. Um, let me switch gears back to music. Um, and my brother and I started uh, the band Side Reel, um, along with some some of our other friends, Colin and Kevin. Um, and that's where things just kind of got kick-started. Uh, I was going to school at UCF for event management. Um, and, you know, freshman year of college, uh, I had the brilliant idea to try and start a management company to be the uh, the face for, the, for Side Reel. So I changed my name, right? Um, you know, well, well, reaching out, for, yeah. you know, <laughs> with a different name, you know, as the manager and not the drummer of the band. Right. Um, that's where things kind of started. And then, you know, we do the management side and, and, you know, the event side of things. So we were throwing keggers in, in college and, you know, charging five bucks at the door and trying to make a little profit there. But, um, you know, fast forward through college, all that, um, you know, the band ran its course, learned a lot along the way, like sure. booking the shows, just kind of connecting with other managers, with other bands, getting the opportunity to open up for like tons of great reggae artists um, that, you know, we always idolized growing up and that we listened to and um, just try to take as many, you know, notes as we were going along. Um, and, you know, things just kind of kept, kept opening, you know, doors kept opening up. Um, so I had the opportunity, you know, we won one spark back when that was a thing here oh yeah and then oh yeah i do remember when you won that yeah, yeah that's so great. that was kind of like a big I, you know i forget about it but that was like really a big catalyst in you know the band's career but also like my own personal career um got to go to europe with one spark go do the one spark berlin event oh, as awesome. a judge what um, really yeah and like the 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 snowball kind of like i think started to go downhill then um and just we we started to collect some momentum and then um, from there, I, I worked for OneSpark, uh, you know, the year after, um, helping with their music and things like that. Um, and then jumped from there right into helping, um, well, being the event manager for uh, the Supergirl Pro Surf Contest, which is a big, um, the world's largest female-only surf contest and festival out in uh, San Diego every summer. Oh, nice. Um, so that, you know, things just kind of kept piling up together and working with more artists, getting more events, talent buying for more um, venues and festivals and um, you know, now I'm here unemployed. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. Feel that. <laughs> um, so was there, it, it was just like the natural transgression of you going into management side or did, did you make like an, like an effort to switch to that side of it? Cause you didn't want to play anymore or was there a little bit of both? Um, a little bit of both. Like, obviously I, I still love playing. I don't get to do it like nearly as much as I want to anymore. Well, more so now I've been able to get back behind a kit with more time, but um, you know, pre-quarantine, everything was, was, you know, bustling, things were busy. Um, so like the transition kind of naturally happened, I think as the band, um, you know, progressed, my brother left the band, which was like, kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit. Yeah, and, of course. Um, you know, he was like my, my number one teammate at the time, helping me with the band kind of, uh, man in the parts that I, you know, wasn't handling at that point. Um, 
So yeah, it was it was something that like I got more and more experience doing just over the you know course of time, and um, I saw it as a more sustainable opportunity for myself um, to where you know I might not have to be on the road all the time. It, it would give me a little bit more of a stable lifestyle and allow me to um, do more work virtually from my computer because traveling and being able to have that flexibility was something that um, was always important to me, uh, you know, in my career choice, I guess, going through college. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of where things started to shift and, um, there's really no turning back because I just don't want to give up on projects. Yeah, no, I I feel that man. I mean, and like the management and booking side is, is at least to me equally as fascinating as playing, the answer and, and like the creative side of it because there is like there is a creative aspect to booking and managing and essentially running the business side because you have to figure especially when when you're on like the, the levels that we're kind of working at where it's very DIY mm-hmm. right now we're all trying to figure out like what labels are looking for to get on onto that level and uh, you have to already have your product put together by the time they want to invest like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. proof of concept right so it's like we're all working through this in this DIY scenario where we have to have our business and have the vision of how these pop artists are running it, but just scale it down to what, you know, to what we're working, what what our resources are right now. So there's like a, there's an interesting creative aspect of working with our limitations to get to that next level, you know, on, on the business side of it. Yeah. And it's always having that, like that goal in mind too, of, of that vision of maybe something that's just, just outside of reach at the, you know, that current point, um, within your career and always striving to kind of take those next steps. Um, cause like you said, we're all in the DIY, you know, atmosphere at this point where we're small bands, but looking to create like larger sustainable businesses at the end of the day. So I try to take the approach with each of our bands, with each of, you know, the projects that we work on is almost as like individual, well, they are, but individual businesses that need, um, kind of that 360 degree approach from everything from, um, you know, budgeting and, you know, the finances to the, the branding and marketing to, um, you know, the, just the day-to-day operations. So we, we try and take that approach, I think, going into like each of our artist projects to, you know, whether or not we're looking to get a label or other people involved, it's, you're, you know, we're all looking to try and make the, a sustainable career um, in the long term. So that's, that's definitely a, <laughs> a tough thing to do, but um, I think we're all making strides to, to get there right now. Totally. How'd you come up with the name Side Drill? <laughs> this is this is something that I've been uh 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 it's uh, been a problem with me. I'm a huge uh, uh space fan. Sidereal. So you do know how to pronounce it? Oh, I do. So this is <laughs> this is gonna be a funny story. Okay, so we were we started Side Side Reel when we were I think like sixteen. So we were in high school. Um, we like. We're kind of in like a pinch trying to figure out what a name was. So we're just like Googling shit. Oh, God, it's the worst. Especially because it's like, I've got a great idea for a band name. And then you like look it up and like, yeah, there's one fucking uh, uh, band that has like one song on Bandcamp. But I guess I can't "Eh." have that band name anymore, even though they're not doing shit for the past 10 years. Or they own the domain or someone. Yeah. All those. But the fact that you got the fact that you got Sidereal, I can't believe it. So we were Googling (laughs) Or I don't know how we came across the word, but, you know, the definition, I think, at the time was, like, amongst the stars. or Amongst of the like stars, and a, a, a sidereal day is how long it takes a, a planet to uh, move uh, uh, for one day uh, uh, on an axis, okay. a, on its axis. Are you just figuring this out? Well, that part, 
because like so we had a song that we had uh written with our old singer josh and it was called constellations so like that makes sense we had this like already this approach of like amongst the stars so we, we saw that definition and we were like oh well you know we want to be amongst the stars like as a band like we in, yeah, in yeah, that yeah. sense of like making it big and then we were like okay this reads side reel it makes sense <laughs> so we were like yeah whatever that that's cool we can play off it with branding and like everything else and i always just wondered if we you, just stuck with it but you, are, but, but, you but you know but we we didn't call <laughs> it scenario up until we were playing a show with pacifier <laughs> and this was probably years later ted ted came up to me and was like i don't know what the conversation was but eventually was like hey man you know that's like sidereal right <laughs> and, we, and that changed our uh you know our, our pronunciation and you funny. know what it's <laughs> we stuck with side reel so uh what was the name of the the band with tom hank's son uh that you love so much with the he's the drummer oh mars volta no, no, no not no. oh my love god no what are you talking the, about the, the movie uh, with the captain something oh, and the shrimp shack shooters yeah, and they're yeah. like uh, the, the, you're not the one you're, the, the, you're not the eaters you anymore you you're the wonders yeah that thing you do i yeah that thing you do I say screw it. Uh, uh, if you want to be called side reel, it's spelled side reel. Everybody knows you're side reel. Don't try to change it. And yeah. I don't think you want it to. And right? It was weird, man. So like when social media was first starting out, we were you know hashtagging it a lot. Yeah. And like pretty much everything under like the side reel, you know, sidereal hashtag was the, our band stuff. And we were like, hell yeah, you know, like this is what's up. And then one day. Uh, Miriam Webster published, you know, like their <laughs> word of the day, and it was sidereal. And then ever since then, we, like, we just got destroyed on the hashtag. Oh, <laughs> oh it's all these, like, you know, cosmic stuff and these people, and, you know, the word became more popular. Well, it's not even that. It's it's such a, it's such sucks, a dope uh, 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 astronomical space term that you got to be called that name. So it's just like, just go with it. And people want to call it sidereal because when you just call it sidereal, it sounds way more like beachy and like reggae right. and stuff like that and then sidereal just gets all the hippies and, and yeah exactly so, so it's a double meaning no, you got it you got them on to both the, sides the listener to I, I like it there's I, a mystery aspect to that you know a lot, sure. a lot of bands that keep on having hustle and side in it though i will say that let's not get into all that right now <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah i can't say we ever got the trademark or anything done uh, well you know for uh, watching, i will say i will say the other side hustles that exist out there we are getting the trademark for you're gonna it. start a, a war with canada we already have it we basically have it Did already we get it not well it's 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 almost there i'm just saying that just, we're sending out we're gonna be sending out a lot of cease and desist is all i'm saying Lo, like low <laughs> get key. after it <laughs> low key there is a band called side hustle up in, in like toronto canada but I don't think they're gonna fight us. They're, Dude, we they're had, Canadian, right? We had DJ. <laughs> we had we had DJ Side Reel. So like, oh no! After we started, there was this like DJ up in in Minnesota, I think it was, that started releasing music, and like people were like, "Man, that new album you guys dropped is sick!" And we oh, were like, "No." We we're like, "What?" And you know, you'd start to get all this like EDM, like really shitty EDM music coming mm. through, and there, I was like, "Man, hey, I don't know why our fans actually think that this is us. Like, it's the whole different side of things." So. We kind of went through that, but thankfully Spotify is actually pretty good about like separating, separating those pages. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, this dude's name is DJ Sidereal, yeah. but he's trying to release it under ours because we've already got you know listeners. Oh my god, what, what a shitty thing to do! You could probably and it worked for him. Yeah, I'm can sure you, it did. Can you do that? Can you just put DJ in the front of any? Can I be? I don't know. Can I be DJ the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> I could do that, right? Uh, go for it, bud. Maybe how like the Beatles, like D A. Yeah, DJ the Beatles, the Beatles, and then like yeah, maybe spelling a little bit different. Yeah. Sure, that's all right. Their lawyers are going to come after us here in Apple. like the next five but minutes. I like I like talking about the business side of this. Uh, how the 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 Beatles uh, they sued Apple because Apple was the name of their record company, right? And they uh, lost. Well, Did Apple, you know that? When was it? Like the was Beatles this? lost. Yeah, uh, it had been like in the eighties. 
Oh, so this is like early on in Apple's. Uh, well, yeah, 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 existence. yeah, because they had the Apple Macintosh and everything like that. But uh, 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 the Beatles lost, and so obviously everybody's got Apple iPhones and everything like that. But it's just very interesting. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't. That's really a know. whole side of the industry that people don't even think about. It's like trademarking and copywriting. Maybe stuff. we should get it's a lawyer, like, lawyer, I guess one time and get into all this thing. Yeah, we can, we can, we can it's try. a crazy oh, world. You have one on retainer, right? Yeah, reta- yeah, yeah. We got one on retainer. <laughs> Let's call him up right now. Yeah, Although we could, I, I could oh, t- I know Eddie Fair. I used to work for Eddie Fair back in the day. Hey, you know Eddie. Call, Eddie, I'll, Eddie, you I'll listening? Call Eddie. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, you know Eddie? Yeah, I know Eddie. <laughs> Uh, Farrah and Farrah, bro. Yeah, Farrah and Farrah. Uh, my by your side. My favorite. Uh, uh, on your side. On your side. The my favorite thing is driving by your side. Driving, <laughs> driving down, driving down I ten uh, right outside my house here. There's a giant picture of Eddie Farrah. It just says, "I'm here for the long haul." Yeah, that's the worst. And I don't know why I think that's so funny. I mean, is he trying to like tell all the truckers going to California from here? Well, that he's, exactly. He's here he's with the, them, you know. I ten star two. You're going to California. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Call yeah. me, call me if you get in a car accident in Nevada. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I do so, conversations, but it's kind of my deal. <laughs> but I, I was interested. I really was interested about uh, if, if or not. I knew, I knew that you knew that it was called sidereal. Well, I didn't know, honestly. We didn't know for but that probably like years. Eventually, that you know. I'm not gonna start calling your band sidereal. I just wanted to know. Well, if, y- if you, y- knew you that. got the story, and now uh, all of our lovely viewers do too, because. We always like to kind of hide the fact of like how we got that name because it was like kind of it was kind of embarrassing. We just were googling shit, so yeah. But, a lot of you know, a lot of side out. name bands in in Jacksonville. Yeah, that's a good well, point. There's uh, two thirds of them sitting right here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to kind of get into the um, more business side of, of everything, and so for all, any of the bands that are out there watching, when you're when you're looking for new artists. Like, what are you looking for? Like, like what's it, what, is, what are the differences between the bands that pursue you versus the bands that you are actively pursuing to take on as clients? Right. So, I mean, I think one thing even to, like, preface that is our company is, like, super small. You know, it's Chris, myself, Drew, a couple other guys. Like, we're, and you know, we're, we're doing our best to, like, make the most of what we have. So, I get, like, we get a ton of messages, like, from bands. And, you know, we authentically, we want to work with. But we also realize we're, like, limited in this bandwidth of, like, we just we don't want to spread ourselves thin so um that's why we keep our roster it really at two bands right now i mean side reels there but it's it's you know that's something that's uh existed for a while but um you know when we were looking for new bands and and uh i look for something that is a like just good music like i i at the you know the bare bones it has to be music that i enjoy that like i want to go to the shows i'm already a fan of usually like like i said with be easy it was something like when we, you know, I started working with Aaron, I want to say it was like 2017 is when we started managing them. Um, but even prior to that, like I was a huge fan of the band, um, you know, since they really, since Aaron and uh, Justin and Ryan moved to, to Jacksonville and started playing music, it's, you know, caught wind of it. Um, so it was a fan, you know, was trying to work with Ryan to help, um, you know, help the band out in, you know, their earlier days with some of their original stuff. So, um I just saw the raw talent, you know, like Aaron and the rest of that band are incredible musicians. And I, I can say some of the best that I've ever seen anywhere in the world. So it's for sure. Um, that was one big thing. Um, but like more from like a, a financial and like a business side of things, it's just looking at like what you were saying, like a proof of concept, like they had already done the work themselves and, you know, with Ryan, with everybody was helping build the band at the time to create a business that was, um, 
sustainable that could you know fun you know could support like the band itself and that people enjoyed um so just these little things that were you know some telltale signs that they could be successful and that there was room for growth um that they weren't you know already at their limits so we we you know assess that um and obviously they're like we were kind of talking about before they're in like more of that wedding corporate cover band market um which is something that we're you know, involved in from the event standpoint too. So it kind of paired with the services that we already know and that we already, you know, practice in. Um, so it was kind of a no brainer for that. Um, when it came to like the original side of music and, and that's just a whole different, it's just a whole different ball game and like a long, 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 long process is, I mean, you guys know, it's just like, it's a really tough business to be successful in and to make any sort of money. in. Yeah, definitely. Um, so at the, you know, the foremost there was just being a fan of the Honeyhounds music and, and having that belief that like it, it could happen. And obviously we're still working towards those goals, but um, that was kind of like, we wanted to have one of each, you know, sure. something that was working in our festival and bar market that, in corporate market that we already kind of had as a business, as well as um, still pursuing that dream of like, I, you know, my dream is like, I would still one day love to be, you know, a manager of great original music as well as, you know, any kind of music, but on like a much larger level than, um, you know, where we are at, at, even at this point. Right. So what would you say your, cause you guys are doing a, fa- a fantastic job with the Honeyhounds and, and like from like their streaming is looking really good. The content they're, they're putting out is looking really good. The shows they're playing look really good. You obviously have a pretty good idea of how you're going to be marketing them. And they have like, they have the look. I mean, everything about them is mm-hmm. super super marketable on just every level. So, what is your approach when you're talking about marketing for a band like that, and managing and booking versus your approach from from booking on the cover band side of things? And uh, yeah, just, like what, what's the difference in approach there? Yeah, the approach. I mean, uh, like you said, like the look, everything's is is kind of fine tuned to what the the end product is that they're delivering. Um, so kind of like from the, the Bambi Easy standpoint, um, let's just say in the more in the corporate wedding market, you know, we're delivering a like refined product of music that is um, familiar to, to an average listener. Um, because most people that we're encountering, whether it's at a, a wedding or at a corporate gig or something that's a little bit um, maybe like a higher dollar kind of performance, um, they might be in suits, things like that. Like they have a certain expect the, the client or you know the listener has a certain expectation so we approach that with the sense of you know we need familiar music that's well refined the guys have to be dressed you know appropriately for whatever the event is um and kind of know the flow of what those events are like obviously a wedding is pretty like um unique in how it's run compared to many many other events and it's also like super high pressure it's like most people's you know biggest day or worst day or best day of their lives whatever it might be but there's those expectations that you know you're going to pay high dollar and it's going to be a great um, experience so the approach with how we market that is kind of reflective of um, the clientele that we're trying to attract with the bambi easy Um, versus with honey hounds like you said like the look everything that's all stuff that they had developed already like we've helped refine it i think Um, but we wanted something that was already like there was already that kind of concept put together. So we've, we've come in and, um, the marketing side of it is, you know, uh, the look is a really good starting point because it helps. Um, I think an average, like a listener, a new listener might see their photo or, um, their cover art or something. And we want that to visually translate how their music sounds. Um, and, and kind of give you that feel of what, 
um, to expect so that you're not, you know, like you might look at some artwork on, on, you know, any, I don't know, some band and it, when you turn, you know, the album on, it gives you this whole different feel than what you were expecting by the look. Right. And we didn't want that. We wanted it. We always are looking for it to be a cohesive experience from start to finish, whether it's the, you know, the marketing of it, how we're placing their ads digitally, how we're communicating with people online, how we're commuting, uh, communicating with people at the shows. So, um, I mean, I could go for days on like the ins and outs of like the, the kind of the nuances of um, how we do that. But it's I think the broader approach is just, you know, you're looking at you're looking at your consumer, who you're trying to target um, and then working backwards from there. Right. So it's like when you're doing the original thing, when you're t targeting that line of it, it's like you have to create your culture, you have to create your fan base. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're targeting a demographic. Like you, you figure out who you want to reach or just whatever the music that you naturally play, whatever's coming out, you figure out who that that makes sense to, and then you want to market towards that demographic. Whereas like in the cover side, the cover band side, I think it's kind of like you're just, you're just placating to, to your demographic, like to the demographic that's already there. Yep. Right. So it's like, not that one's better than, I'm not trying to like, like put one down or anything like that. I think just, that's the difference they're in just, approach. They're, just, they're hiring you, you know what I mean? It's yeah, not exactly. the other way around. You've got to sell yourself for an original band. Yeah. yeah. And I think people forget about that too, is like they, when you're hired by a client, um, whether it be a bar or a wedding or whatever it is, it's not, it's not necessarily your show anymore. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, it exactly. is, but like there needs to be like an understanding that you're being hired and you're being paid to do something that the client expects and that's whatever that is that they communicate. That's you know? why I'd, I don't really want to do weddings, man, because it's like, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a really it's not tough that it's, thing. It's, it's tough, but it's just like, that is not your show. It's not your show. That's not your show yeah. at all. No, it's not. You're <laughs> not at all. You don't get to play your music. And, and, and But again, it's it's not like, it's just a matter of, of what your priorities are and what you like to do. You know, like for me, I got involved to play music because I, I, I like to write music. I've never been the person to like learn other people's songs first. It was, for me, it was always about like just writing music and that's what you play. Mm -hmm. So that's why, that's what the, the path I've maintained. And t I've done, obviously, for years now, I've been grinding in the bar scene and you know, I've, I've kind of tiered the line of original music and bar and the, the bar scene and corporate stuff for, for you know, 10 years now. But um, the most fulfilling ones to me are the ones where you get to play your own music. Whether It could be a show to, you know, 10 people or or nobody even just that doing that is mostly nobody i would say okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm here for comedic effect right. yeah. hey, hey. we need the snare drum where's a cymbal yeah no, that's right well, we're working on getting an ipad for uh uh just the <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyways keep going Sorry. um but you said so you were talking about like the, the like the more nuanced aspect can you, can you give us an example of something that that would be just kind of like digging in a little bit more yeah let me think on that one um so like the approach with Honeyhounds, and I think it's going to be unique to everybody's scenario. So you got to look at what your product is, like um, who your consumer is, like you're saying, but who you want your consumer to be too. Exactly. I think a lot of bands forget that like um, they get wrapped up in this idea of like, oh, we got to really make sure that the fans are going to love it. And it's like, all right, you guys have maybe like a thousand people. You know, like we got to think larger. Like what is it that um, you want to, you want to kind of, uh, set your goals to so for like honey hounds you, you know you look at music that's kind of like-minded in the sense of um gary clark jr like yep. the black keys i literally made that comparison with yeah, those black guys keys, all the time like 100 black that's keys and gary it's like a mix but of that, you're not the first person jack white that. like yeah. it's we and, yeah. and you got to use that almost as a as a as a foothold um at least in our practices like we we use that kind of as an example and a foothold to to 
take influence from just like if you were writing music it's the same kind of approach um looking at how they do their social media looking at their live shows looking at how um you know they they even just arrange their albums I, you know like yeah. anything that you want to like obtain you want to achieve what their logos look like even just anything right anything. and i'm not saying copy it like that's not what we're going for but like take that inspiration and and kind of look into their process um and and i think that's like a good starting point for a band is is looking at what it is that you want to achieve and i think also being very realistic about it like you can't just be like uh, I'm playing reggae music, but I want to be Gary Clark Jr. It's like, yeah, you can draw the inspiration. Is it like the live performance that you want to you want to kind of like achieve, or that you can be compared to, or is it um, the the style of guitar playing? Like, you got to like really know what you're after and actually stick to it um, and own it. You know, and right. I think that's kind of a, a good starting point, at least for like an original act when you're when you're trying to formulate the idea of the, what you're going to do. The Honeyhounds have it, though, for sure, that, like, original thing. It's just, like, they have an essence and a, a, a I don't even know what you want to call it. It's just that energy. Yeah. Like, the I three mean, of them have the energy yeah, on, and the look. I still can't like, believe it's the just three of them that are playing, and they well, don't have a keyboard. It's just wink, wink. Yes. Wow, so, bro. You know. <laughs> look, I can um, be in six bands. Hey, what's up, Ben? How you doing, <laughs> yeah, man? What's wrong with that? Nothing, nothing's wrong with that. Hey, Hampton, what's up, bro? Hampton owns the uh, or he manages Brews uh, here in Riverside. The, the pe- people that were doing the uh, oh, we lost video. Billy's gonna fix it right now. Um, but uh, yeah, so Hampton manages the, the Brews here in Riverside that's sponsoring today's episode. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Big ups, Hampton. Thank you for uh, supporting these dudes and supporting live music. Um, so we, uh, so live. <laughs> uh, so when I saw, when I saw, uh, Honeyhounds at Oktoberfest when they, we, sorry, we'll figure it out. But, um, sorry about that guys. We're, we're, we're working on that. When, uh, we saw Honeyhounds at, uh, Oktoberfest in Jack's Beach, this last one, we played the festival with, the, with, with you guys. And I remember watching them first off, you guys had, that that place packed. Oh I mean, yeah, packed the, the, the late night show. That dude, oh, was, that was one of the most fun uh, festivals, but fun sets too, just to be a part of. Yeah, and the content that you guys got from that was top notch. I saw the little video, you put, not the little video, but the video you put together yeah, after that, yeah. and I was like, holy fuck, dude, this is this looks legit. Like, I, trust, I'm I'm watching you guys like like a hawk because you're doing it right. I'm <laughs> Appreciate telling you, it, man. Um, but uh, I remember just watching that show. I was like, these guys are fucking rock stars. Like, these guys are gonna be. Like, like, there's no reason why they're not already there, but, like, like they're rock stars. Just watch them on stage. They just own it, and they sound tight. They sound good. The music is, like, radio-friendly, and it's it's just very well put together, you know? Yeah. I liked watching y'all at Lynch's, too. Oh, yeah. dude, I mean, that's the thing. It's, like, I credit Lynch's with so much for live music. Like, I don't think people realize that there was 21 Pilots played in Lynch's. Like, really? In 2012. Holy God, shit. I've got photos and videos, but, like, Lynch's has, like, a lot of, like, really i think cool list like listeners and people that come through there that that support live music though it is still a bar but um you know be easy got their start there honey hounds right. has kind of like established a solid fan base from playing lynches and so have, i think a lot of bands can it can credit that stage to helping kind of at least push them in either the right hopefully the right direction of of kind of going beyond just uh and playing that b- stage and besides blue jay i mean like that's it for at the beach anymore yeah. i mean for blue right Jay's now a great spot too, don't though. get me wrong blue jay is amazing but it's yeah. not like a it's a know, different vibe it's, it's not a different a, it's vibe. not a you know it's not a full-on venue but yeah. you know i think anton going back to your point of like oktoberfest too is and trying to get into the nuances is uh like taking a much more zoomed out 
look at that performance is was a part of this kind of greater plan that we had developed around their album um and just we you know i'd learned my lesson with the content component of it like when side reel got to play oktoberfest you know and i think it was probably 2015 with the expendables yeah, massive I crowd remember, I remember but we captured that. that footage and like um we've been doing this uh, a similar uh, kind of workshop podcast in the last few weeks and I had Tim Hall on last week and yeah. he he brought this up was like man once you guys had that content it like elevates it just elevated the band to this kind of next level and not that anything actually had changed but like we had captured that moment and people could see you know what that was so I think I was able to see like the importance of that that live content of like the context of you know you can take a photo you can take um, you know, a selfie on stage, whatever it is, tell people about this. Like, you know, we played in front of 5,000 people, but having that video is, is priceless. So we were looking at that Oktoberfest performances. This is essentially our album release show for Honeyhounds. Um, cool. So we, we had planned that out. We had planned the release date. You know, we had planned the, the whole production behind it. You know, we, uh, I think a lot of people forget too, is like we invested a lot of the pay from that show right back into the production. And, um, you know, I've learned that from just even listening to people talk about Coachella and, you know, the headliners taking a lot of their pay and just saying, screw it. We're going to, we're going to put it back into the production of the show because it's going to have such a large impact that it goes beyond that performance. Yeah. I think I've spoken to, um, coming from, from just like the pay aspect of it. Like I've, I've t spoken to people, where they talk about just like the money they make on the gigs is often just put back in and they're really relying on merch sales mm -hmm. and other sources of revenue to kind of pick up the slack on that. Yeah. So I, that is a super important thing to, to do is to, for any, any original bands out there that are really trying to do it, making sure that you're at least allocating some of what you're making to, to, to marketing and advertising resources or to, to, to studio time to make sure you're able to, to, to uh you know put something out like content is king today mm -hmm. and like that's what i was gonna what ask you uh really is what you thought was the best uh, uh display for uh, uh uh i guess marketing and you pretty much already answered it. it's and what i think is too is it's the it's the live show live content mm -hmm. and then just put all your money into filming that live show and getting all a really good and really good quality video yeah, and audio too well yeah, yeah sure sure but versus just like hey we've got a new album out put it on facebook you need the full suite. No, that's I mean, what I, that's, you you like need everything. Saying. You need everything. But I think the, the, the top dog of that is the it's the it's a live video performance or at least music video or something like that. Because yeah. I remember uh, 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 watching the music video that the Honeyhounds had. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is like a professional. Oh, wait, they're from Jacksonville. Like, what? Are you kidding me like, right now? And I everybody can elevate their presence that way. I, but in it's my video opinion, is, yeah. is what I think that that's that's the biggest. Because it shows the raw talent that people might not be or like the raw whatever it is like talent the music it just it cuts out and at least if it's a true live video it cuts out the the question of like okay you know is this all just fixed in the studio and granted yeah there's a lot you can do on in post-production but we try and keep everything like live like nick and i mean all the guys are super like nick does not want to publish something if like he plays one wrong note which yeah. is a headache sometimes but also i respect the hell out of it because it's like he wants it to be the best performance that he can make it, you know, and it's, there's something to be said about that. It's, you know, it's, it's a 
love hate relationship, but yeah. you know, you got to have that to, to achieve that stardom, I guess, and be well, a rock star. <laughs> I mean, it's quality versus quantity. I mean, like, right. like the pop stars aren't putting out anything that's, that's beyond per or that's below perfect. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like pristine. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, it's, it goes back to what we're saying. Like, I kind of hate to, that though. Cause it's like, you know, that it's fake. I would actually want to not be, I mean, there's well, a lot of great pop stars out there that aren't fake. Like I've with the surf contest out um, in California, we book a ton of pop star. It's all pop. It's like Disney pop music. And I see my fair share of, uh, how do I put this kindly, but not super talented artists that have achieved <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> a lot of success via social media or whatever it is. But there are still like those top, top pop stars and talent in the world didn't get there because they didn't have, they, they have a lot of lot of talent yeah and it might not be your you know your your fixing of music that you like but they're fucking talented that's what i'm saying like like it's like the in the pop arena you're talking about the best of the best i i don't like the products that are putting out a lot of the time but but even even if i don't like it the songwriting even like it's it's all about how you can how how can we how can we market this to the most people without like sacrificing all of our musical integrity you know Mm -hmm. and i think that you know the singers in the pop market versus the, uh, and plus, uh, down to the people that they hired to to, to back them up at, in uh, for their band. It's like you have to be the best of the best of the best because you're talking about million dollar productions that have to go perfect. Mm-hmm. And even though the music is pretty simple for the most part, you can't take the risk on somebody who's not like the best uh, to to that's going to mess it up. You know, so you have to make sure it's all going perfect. And that's like I mean, it, kind of a different thing. Like Be Easy, a lot of those guys are players for these larger you know internationally touring acts and that's like the same thing like they're at that they might not be doing the original side with the be easy project but they're playing with some of these like you know globally recognized artists and like they've got those chops so it's like being able to fuse all of those things together for your own project write great music and then do the whole business side of it too but it you know everybody's kind of got there's so many different lanes i think like within music that everyone can pursue like there's not one way to be successful i don't think you have to be a pop star to to make a career i mean we see it day in and day out like i'm you know touring was is the only way to really survive in the live music industry you know outside of being a true pop star that has revenue from you know their shoes or like whatever right. this these things that they're able to um you know they don't really need the revenue from necessarily from their music anymore they've achieved this new level of um you know being just famous all over the place so as a management right. company too do you also handle like all the merchandise and everything like that included or yeah yeah so um you know like the band you know with honeyhounds we've got a pretty wide variety of merch love um, it too and that's thank you cuz the guys have done like uh, we work with Ryan Newhouser a lot on on all of our merch, and he's done a lot of the uh, designs. Hauser Creative, shout out to you, Ryan. Um, but he's he's been like a huge asset to the team, um, creating like a cohesive line. So w- we work with the band. Um, at the end of the day, it's the band's decision. You know, we we voice our input, um, and then Chris, uh, who's really you know in in the day to day with with Honeyhounds, is helping with with that. Tyler, the drummer, is a huge. Um, kind of uh he spearheads a lot of those projects so yeah we we help manage the process we make sure that the online fulfillment is is taken care of chris um is on the road with the guys like majority of the time he's also selling merch and helping run sound so it's definitely a team effort um it's not necessarily our 
focus, but um, we realize it's a huge part of their okay. business. Yeah, I was just kind of wondering if it was just like, hey, we've got merch for you guys. You're going to go sell it now. No, not, not at, at all. all. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, we give suggestions and we, yeah, we yeah, all yeah. collaborate on like what it is that we want to do and what colors of the shirts and the designs that we need. And, you know, for a certain tour, like what quantity that we need to bring lot, on the road. And it's it, a lot less corporate, obviously, with oh, the yeah. with the uh, not, I don't I don't want to call it grass movement sort of uh, uh, what do you call it? Management we're a company. small business. Uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. It's yeah. like small business and everything like everybody's going to meet together. We all got each other's phone numbers. And so, oh, yeah, we can, I mean, we like we talk to we could talk to each other about what kind of merch we want and everything pre like, like quarantine. Like, you know, we have our weekly meetings with with um, with all of our clients. And, you know, so we meet with Honeyhounds. We met you know every Tuesday morning for a couple hours and we discuss, um, you know, everything. From, we just have like agendas. So, like, I think that was a, a huge thing is like why we don't like to take on more work is like I think people forget how much goes into each each project um you know as, as from a management side so we're you know chris is spending six or at least was you know until a little bit of this pause but like spending probably 60 80 hours a week just on you know honey hounds and then some of the other festival stuff but majority of that really goes into the band so it's um it's a labor intensive time intensive thing oh that, yeah sure it's um, a labor of love too because we're not i mean i don't we're not making a whole lot of money in this original thing at least at this point you know what I mean? I'm crushing so, it. Yeah. <laughs> you got a day job, bud. So, you know. Nice. Well, job. I want to I actually want to address that. I think that's a huge, a huge asset that many bands are too uh, prideful. Pr- yeah. Prideful yeah. to to admit. Like, I think side real. I think an original project, no matter what you're doing, you're going to thrive if you have a day job. Yeah. Because you don't have the stress of having your original project have to make money for you. Like, that's for me, that's it. That's. That's my belief system around it, and I, I know that that comes with limitations, and everyone's in a different scenario. Yeah. But if you can have a flexible day job that allows you to still go out and do the things that you want to do, like it, it was the same with, with even just developing um, our team. It's like we, I did, you know, I always have side gigs. I had things going on within like a similar realm, you know, within events and helping out with stuff to where, uh, you need your business, whatever it is that you're starting, your band, your whatever new business idea that you have, that needs to like match your income from whatever your day job is and hopefully exceed it before you actually jump ship. You right, know? And of course. I, obviously, everyone's situation is a little different. I got really lucky with it. I've got a night shift job. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And then I work from home before all this quarantine stuff happened. Uh, uh, I work Monday through Thursday. I'm off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And see, that's you, a perfect way to start you developing. You can't yeah. beat that like th- for, uh, at all. You're free the whole day and you can do whatever you really want to. But I think it's super important, though. Also, he doesn't. He's very, very against I don't, it. I don't have a, I don't, I'm not against having But a you've job got other means. like other means to be oh, able well, to. Well, yeah, he's a cover, yeah, he does cover, I, cover shows. I play and stuff bars like that. around town. And I, and, and I just I, can't sing very well. I do a lot of the. <laughs> that's the tough part. I'm a I was never able to do it. So that's why I started managing. I couldn't do something by myself with that. Imagine just like showing up at a band, like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do cover songs and just play the drum parts for it, and just solo cover. Exactly. All the way through. And I guess going back to your first question, that's actually what got me started in management was I needed something that I could do yourself independently yeah. of other people without having to, and I could not play cover shows. I so. totally get that. And there's a lot of drummers that went into the DJ realm, especially the time I don't know. You're probably around our age, around 30 or something. Yep. Yeah. And around that time when dubstep was like super huge, a lot of drummers did their dubstep side projects. Yeah. See that meme? That or like so DJ versus drummer, and yeah. like you know, there's so all sorts of projects true. like that. So I get that, but I mean, I also. I think that it's it's valuable to have a day job as well if you're going to be an original band, but then make sure that 
that you're not trying to siphon money from the band if you have a day job. If your purpose of keeping the day job fr uh, while having uh, while pursuing an original project is to have money from the from whatever you're, you're making with the music go back into the music, then then be then let that be it. But don't try and like have the music be another source of income on top of that yeah, while you're exactly. having a day job. Because wh what I do is I ha I play bars during the week and on weekends too because side hustle doesn't need to be out on the road for a month at a time right now or two months at a time especially in the, the same city and yeah. everything like that yeah. so when we're not doing the road stuff and we're not in the studio working i can do pretty well playing by myself i could do two gigs a day i can do that five days a week and then i can also budget my own personal expenses and be like okay well, we can go out now for a week or two weeks and I know that I'm not going to get paid on that, but I've planned for that financially ahead of time. So if you're a full-time musician that's pursuing the original music thing, it's super important that you know that you have to prepare yourself to be able to go out on the road and not make any money. Because unless you're at a point where you are making money on the road, then that's great. But we're not really there yet. So that's what I do personally to, to ensure that the band is going to be able to put money back into the business. Yeah, it's an, it's an investment too. Like Sidereal, we didn't pay ourselves for five years. And we, you know, we're last year was our 10 year anniversary. And even then it's like majority of the money just went back into the project. And it, you know, we've spent, I don't know, just in like, we were t talking about video content. We probably spent $20,000 over the course of a few years Easily. just trying. And we got one, one, or maybe let's just say three or four really good videos that we shot like 20 of them. We spent all this money, but like, you know, going back to like having that you know that that good content you know and having the stuff that you're proud to put out but you can't do that if you don't i mean you can't just make things evaporate or come out of thin air right you know, it's just it's you got to invest into your business and even like going out on the road like you say like we we try and convey that same message in the sense of like maybe not look at it as you're going to make money off these shows like you have to be able to to realize the long-term investment oh yeah big time as a band as a brand as whatever business like you can't you can't look at a short term because it's never going to serve yourself it's one of the most amazing feelings ever coming back from like a three-day tour and be like oh, holy shit we made we made money yes. <laughs> yeah it's like all right we covered all of our expenses like, no right, but like we more. got we, we got a little bit more than that i'm just like holy cow so what are we gonna do go to red lobster what's the deal yeah <laughs> <laughs> Splurge. Yeah, it's splurge a little bit. <laughs> hey, Christian Salazzo he owns Dogmatic Studios down in Pompano Beach, Florida, which is where we record all of our stuff at exclusively because they are fucking awesome. Yeah, they're a great, great record Eww. studio. Uh, we'll save this for another podcast, but there is a whole other dynamic working in a studio with an engineer uh, being that, but the like the next member of that band for however long you're there. We don't have to go too much into it right now, but it's. A whole other. That's why we. That's why we drive five hours how, to, to work because how many, uh, I established that relationship beforehand. I'm keeping it. Uh, how many albums does Honeyhounds have right now? So right now we've got like the two full lengths and one EP. The guys through this whole quarantine process have been writing a decent amount of music too. So we're hoping to uh, get back in the studio. It's so funny. We got we we got stuck right in that as we were recording an album and then like in February, like last week of February, and then they're like, like almost like uh, uh, Dave Chappelle was shutting down the studio. We got kicked this Don't out. come back. Don't <laughs> come back. Yeah, basically. Um, I actually want, we, we were talking about that before uh, the That's podcast. Awesome. That's that Super interesting uh, aspect of this whole thing is album cycles. Would yeah. you want to kind of touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean like an album cycle, like I think we were talking about, or even we were just touching on in the, is the Oktoberfest performance and like kind of zooming out a bit of <clears throat> what the timeline looks like. And I think, uh, 
it's different for every band, but um, my biggest piece of advice with bands is like to never rush and never rush a release. Like I think you should have an album completely finished and then figure out like you're, I mean, you're obviously working through your release plan, but like you want to have months and months once your album is finished to work on the marketing and make sure that like everything's going to be, um, you know, distributed correctly. So like an average album cycle, like we look at it is, um, anywhere from like one year, maybe 18, 18 months. months. Like yeah. it really just kind of depends on the length, like how many albums you already have out, like what's your follow up, but, um, really just looking at like that long term process. So, you know, we start with everything, you know, obviously we got to have the music at the baseline and then we just start to draw inspiration around, you know, visually what's that going to translate to, um, what songs on that album are going to be our few singles, um, you know, what is the tour going to look like to support the album? Um, as well as what is going to be the follow-up to the album? Because I think a lot of bands forget that, you know, okay, we released the album, there's great buzz for maybe a week, and then it just, you know, it fades off. And the my, my kind of biggest pet peeve, I guess, and like what I really tried to implement with any release that we're a part of is having like another six months worth of stuff. Like right. it doesn't necessarily have to be more music, but... Um, you know, with each of the singles with Honeyhounds in this last album cycle, having, um, you know, a live video that go with it, having, um, you know, like the Oktoberfest footage for some of it, we had, we had plans in place long before the album was ever released of, of like what was going to come, um, at the end of that cycle or towards the end of that cycle. So, um, you want to just figure out touch points to keep, um, your fans, your consumers, anybody else engaged. Cause, um, it, you're gonna just waste your time if you don't. I, I, is is my opinion. Yeah, it's a wonderful idea. It's like you uh, jumping in the water and you're like, woohoo! I jumped in the water. And yeah. you have no way of getting out now. It's like, all right, I didn't think that far. Ahead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you always think. And I think that's what a management company does. That, that's basically your yeah, whole. Yeah, we we map out a timeline. We yeah. map out like just the ins and outs of like. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a project manager, yeah. you know, for everything. So it's like project management really is just the management of timelines, designing those timelines and executing them and making sure that things stay on, you know, in, in, in order and on time, which it never does, but, right, you know, course. being able to at least have the, the general know about our whereabouts of like where that project is going and, you know, how to adjust if things, you know, don't necessarily meet deadlines and, you know, kind of shift and, and recreate. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, d damage control and all that stuff is yeah. definitely a, a troubleshooting issues. That's a huge part of the whole thing. It's just like building a house. You always know it's going to take twice as long to do it. Right. Exactly. Twice as much money, too. So <laughs> always give yourself <laughs> twice as much time for yeah, an album. Exactly. Uh, backlogging content is a huge thing that, that, I, that I'm very big on with the band is just making sure. You have, so when you have downtimes like this, it's like you're not just sitting there with nothing to do. Exactly. And become like, you know, just a, a thought, like an afterthought. You know, you want to make sure you're, you're staying relevant and the whole thing so for any bands out there a huge thing is backlogging your content don't like blow your load all at once don't if you have 12 songs written don't release a 12 song album release like a five song six song ep and save that the rest of it for, for your next one you know it's like just help yeah. yourself out yeah you know what i mean because that's all you really really what you're doing mm -hmm. is just that usually what i do on dates is i just tell them way too much information yes. <laughs> and, and then i'll be like this is what i want and they'll be like all right that's real cool um, maybe next time. Billy blows yeah. his load way too soon on dates in every sense of the word. Yeah, yeah right? just, just don't get too excited. Don't yeah. get too excited. Don't <laughs> exactly. get too excited. You know, you got to you got to kind of manage those uh, those feelings. And Slow roll. Because some people, you know, they just get all those videos and then they're like, all right, day one, two, three, four, five, and then 
you know, you got to think like, I mean, what do you guys think? Like with, with videos or a single, let's say, I think singles have like a 30 day lifespan and hopefully more, but like 30 day lifespan, if you can uh, do it correctly of like the release, maybe like a follow up acoustic video and you know, I think you typically see your listener viewership, whatever it is, kind of start to trickle off, um, unless other things start to play in your favor. But, um, I think you got to think about that when you're planning your releases is like we, when we were doing our, our lead up to the album releases, we did, I want to say it was every three weeks. So like every third Friday, right. We had a new piece of, we had the new single release and then the following Friday we'd have a, or the following Wednesday or whatever it was, we'd have the video release. And so you're just always touching point, you know? Yeah. And, and, well, and this is after the whole album's done. Yeah. This was, this was the, so the album's done um, you know, we might be working on little tweaks here or there with the mastering and mi- you know, mixing mastering or whatever it is, like small, small things. Like you want to save it that kind of month buffer before the album to just fine tune a few things. Of course. And it's advertisement more than anything, too. And then you and can kind of see whether or not, you know, it's going to be you gotta good. Build, you got to build <laughs> momentum. You, know, you got to build the momentum. You got to keep you gotta get, get people interested. And then, you know, that and I, uh, 30 days is. If if you're doing it right, then I'd say you have a thirty a thirty day lifespan on a single, you know. But like, if you're not doing it right at all, if you're just releasing a single or making, you might have three hours. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. If anybody sees it at all, you know, and that's exactly. if you have a big following, you know, it might last a couple hours, you know. So it's, I yeah, that was something that I realized that you guys were doing. You were releasing singles before the releases, and I was like, okay. That's a really good. Mo- I mean, obviously, that's what that's what you do, right? But yeah, you got to gain that. You got to get that excitement somehow. Isn't yeah, that exactly. interesting? How it's like almost the exact opposite with uh, like TV streaming, though. Like nowadays, right. like, They'll just they'll just well, put the whole season on HBO. Like there's certain there's certain. Well, granted, HBO is a little bit different, but yeah. like there's some of that traditional release. Uh, I don't know why people happening. like it. They, like, they want to get excited and wanted to wait for it. Because we're in that, like, cons- like consume all culture. Yep. Like, you know, yeah. people want everything now, which is fine. I mean, we're pretty much, you know, it's ingrained in us at this point. Right. Like, like do, you watch, do you watch Ozark? You ever seen that show? Oh, yeah. I've okay. watched that so, in, like, so, a day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Exactly. But imagine, imagine they're, like, getting you all excited for it, and then they just give you one episode and every two weeks. I'll be, like, so pissed off. Yeah, yeah but, like, but HBO does that, and, every, like, every, I love every, it. I'm, like, yeah, with Game oh, of Thrones, you know, like, that's oh, true. It's coming. Like, we, you get something to be excited about each week. Yeah, exactly. So, obviously, that's better. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's, like, what, I, that's what I'm trying to get at. It just depends. Like, the lifespan of a Netflix show is, like, yeah, like, look at, like, Tiger King. That was a huge, like, social media. Watch like, everybody's like talking day. about it for what? It maybe lasts. That one was, what, three weeks, three I weeks. guess? Yeah, three weeks. But, like, the li- that's the lifespan of it, you know? Like, you don't want that for your for your product, in my opinion. But for what it was, it probably got all the viewership it needed Cause it's in not, that short period of time. Exactly. Because those TV shows, they're not they're not companies. They're part of a company. And the, the, TV, the company itself is the one releasing new albums or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. new shows all the time. But when you're marketing yourself like that, you got to go Game of Thrones style. It's, so it's, it's a – sorry. Go and ahead, once Nico. a week. I'm with you on Nico, that. Nico, what Nico I wanted to even just dive in is like the, the advertising component of it is like I, I think – I've personally made the mistake with like any of like the releases prior to Honeyhounds that I was a part of, but having an advertising budget, make sure you have an advertising yeah. budget before you even complete the album. Like you want, I, I would say at a minimum, like we had this chat on like our, our team workshops with the Soundwave Consulting who helped doing all, like did all of our digital advertising and um, like a minimum campaigns usually like 10 grand. Right. So, and you need like, I'm not saying everyone has to have 10 grand to market an album, but I think that the more that you can save as a band, 
to put towards that, the better your release is going to be. And also having a realist, realistic expectation of what you can do with Facebook advertising and any sort of digital advertising and knowing when to, you know, outsource is, is a huge thing. hundred um, percent. Which that was our, I think our biggest win on that album and why we received the traction that we did was because of that advertising. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what we, Billy and I were talking about this the other day about what we're going to, because we're trying to figure out how much money we need to complete the record and how much we're going to need for advertising and all that stuff. And actually I spoke with, with, with Chris Anderson about this. You're one of your, your boys. And, uh, he was telling me a very similar things. Like if you're going to, if you're going to spend, I don't know, six grand on an album, spend six grand on advertising, like whatever, whatever you're going to do, obviously like you, you want certain, like, it, don't don't cheat yourself out of exactly. something because you just want to put something out because then then you've done nothing. It's like the amount of money that it takes for advertising the right way is going to cost you about what it costs you to make the record. Yeah, and and maybe more. Like the only, I think the the biggest thing with labels nowadays is like it's an advertising budget. Like yeah. I mean that's really the only thing that they bring to the table anymore, and you can get that from outside investment. But you need to just analyze what it is that you're you think the the capacity of like what your music is capable of. And right. if you believe in it, like you believe in any other project, you got to hope that, um, you know, if you get it in front of the people, it'll stick. And, um, another thing I think people forget too, is like, don't expect to see that revenue right back in your pocket. Cause like album sales don't exist. I mean, right. they do, but it's going to be nominal right. streaming fee or streaming, uh, income is pretty nominal. But, um, I think the biggest thing to keep your eyes on is like when you spend that money on advertising, Think about um, the new fans that you're going to get and think about like the, the the amount that that one fan might spend over the course of the life of your project. Exactly. Um, and just keep that in mind because it's it, a slow burn. You know, it's, it's a slow yeah, burn exactly. grind. This whole original thing is a slow burn grind. Something that I want to go back to real quick was the the releasing of albums, the al- album cycles, singles and all that stuff. Uh, and Billy, you'd said that that releasing it week by releasing those shows that HBO does week by week is better than doing the, the all at once kind of thing. Well, but, well, yeah, not, not like the actual album itself, but keep going. Sorry. So, Oh, Hey, Melody trucks is tuning in. Thanks for, t- thanks for watching Melody. Um, so part releasing, like how you release a record is also very genre spe- uh, specific too. Right. So like if you know, like for instance, like a DJ is not going to, is going to probably want to release singles, Rather, yeah. than, rather than spend the money on a whole record, they're all and how they release it and the amount of time, and the, the, the duration they release it in is gonna, is going to be a big factor as well. And also knowing that you know, like your 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 music's probably going to be going through different channels, like streaming for sure. But like there's also clubs and like other ways your your music is, is getting heard in that genre of music. Yeah, like Honeyhounds were making sure they were played on all the strip clubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so you guys are probably marketing very similar to DJ Tiesto then, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I showed him who DJ Tiesto was two nights ago, and now he thinks it's funny. To I know say who that. DJ Tiesto was. I saw him at UltraFest in, what was it? Oh. He's never been to UltraFest. Me neither. 2010? I went to tw- uh, 2010 or 2011, I went to Ultra. No, you didn't. Yeah, it was. No offense to anybody who likes that, that shit. I can't that shit? stand it. Ooh. Yeah. Woof. But I, I don't know if you guys, I've had plenty of time, but I was watching like the Coachella documentary and like the. Uh, the kind of the progression of EDM taking over the main stage and the, you know, the crowds and everything else. And I'm with you. I'm not a fan. Like really, I, I can enjoy it for maybe like 20 minutes live at least. And yeah. Live it, it for kind sure. Of, uh, 
Unless you're on, like, drugs, I guess. That's the only way to make it fun. Yeah, that, right. an- that anthem and, like, <laughs> right. tronic music, though, the fist pump and stuff and bass sector and just, like, Ugh, yeah, none of the- None of that's. I don't know the differences in all of it, but well, it's okay. exactly because yeah, you're being ignorant. But what are you saying, Nico? You're onto something. No, not really. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> uh, Billy likes Billy likes uh, late '90s trans and Hank Williams, and that's it. That's not right? true. That's I all you like. It's a great what? combo. Yeah, it's a good combo. I love <laughs> Hank Williams. That's the Kentucky vibe that, or because I'm from Kentucky. But uh, uh, at the same time, uh, uh, no, I like I like I do like electronic music a lot. But the uh, 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 the stuff that you're talking about, the, the like, for example, uh, uh, and. I don't want to hate on all the Bass Nectar fans out there, but Bass Nectar... But you're going to hate on him. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I'm going to hate on him and everything like that. His other stuff wasn't even that bad, but it's like the Bass Nectar fans at, and then com- them controlling like the main festivals, and you're like, this is what you want to yeah. see at a live music festival? Not like a band playing like an awesome show? You want to see DJ Spacebar? I get DJ it. DJ Spacebar. Well, well, and I think they highlight this really... like They do a great job in the... Um, in the in the Coachella documentary or whatever it is that basically talking about the progression of technology that has allowed for that community sure. to take over because like think about it if they show like the early like probably in like the 90s when um, electronic music was still very underground and it was this kind of like this subculture yeah the rave scene the ra- yeah and it, but he like, used to go to raves all the time with DJ Tiesto he knows who that is now yeah he used to you guys go to are homies all the time. <laughs> he has no idea but Sorry. like it's 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 truly the production like think about it there's some of the most spectacular productions in the world happen at those EDM That's events true. for sure and i'm not saying that, that that i mean it definitely is not the musician necessarily but they're I, I hate to take away like the musicianship of being a true producer because yeah. a lot of those guys are very talented yeah. composers, musicians, whatever yeah, it is. Like Diplo's worked on a, a wide spectrum of music, and what he's gotten popular for, you know, is whatever we probably know him for. It's but not it's not even bad. It's not even. It's like why would you? Why would you go? But spend yeah, they're not money? up there playing drums and doing everything live. That's not it's what bothers me about it. That's, that's why I, I want to go see a live musician play live instruments. Yeah, me and too, but I think that's everyone's part. preference. Like, but we're musicians. We forget yeah. about like the fucking ninety-eight percent of the world probably that has they no clue. You know, like they they're there for the experience. They're yeah, there for like, the atmosphere. I yeah. I am not of the thought that DJs are not musicians. I can't stand it when people make that argument because doesn't matter. Like all a musician is is somebody that hears a sound in their head and then. Breathes it into yeah. Life you're somehow. translating that it's, into a physical form. That yeah, can experience whatever your tool is. I don't care. People thought the electric bass was a joke when it first came out too. Really? because it wasn't an acoustic bass. People thought the electric guitar was a joke when it first came out because it wasn't an Still acoustic guitar. Is. It's when you, <laughs> when you play it. It is um, the way I play it. Yeah, well, that's, that's I'm not going to debate that. Um, Burn. So <laughs> um, <laughs> bah, bah, bah. <laughs> that's what I need the iPad for. We're investing. We're investing. Yeah, we're. <laughs> um, but I will say that just the, the, the end result, like, I don't, like, just the, the four on the floor, ns, 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 it's like, okay. That started sounding good. What, Keep going. going. <laughs> what, what, uh, <laughs> what drives me crazy is that I've always been a big proponent of, like, drums as also being an instrument to a song that can also have a voice and can actually have parts to it. Right. So when, it, when every song has a four on the floor kind of groove, I just think that it's, like, Okay, well, the, the other sounds are, like, different sounds, and there, there's different melodies, and that's cool, but, like... Switch up that rhythm. Yeah, just yeah. give me a different rhythm. Give me something to, to, like, that I can, like... Something that's just going to, like, I don't know, keep me guessing, or, like, I don't know, just so- something different. I just, every single thing is just four on the floor, and I, I can't stand it. After one or two songs, I'm like, okay. I'm, on the, I'm the odd man out here, for sure, but, you know, too But, I mean, so. like, uh, there's been that blend now, too, of, like, <clears throat> electronic music becoming 
pop music and yeah like, think about like what pop music was and in, in uh i don't know the mid 90s two, mid 2000s yeah, like 90s. Had chili peppers and everything yeah. Yeah. yeah or even like when that was dope. the forefront of the scene and like the major festival headliners were like the black keys or you know or uh the white stripes and it's oh, like yeah. right. it, that was i can't say that that was necessarily pop music but like you got to think like the definition of pop is like what's popular. really the most popular music yeah. and and right now i think we're hopefully at the end of an era of like of this electronic based pop music and hopefully there's a and i think it's already happening there's that kind of a revival in that renaissance of like i don't know have you seen trolls 2 though i haven't <laughs> the preview the preview for trolls 2 is just all Trolls the one i haven't seen either Trolls so. one no i i would I don't worry about it you can watch the sequel just skip right over you it. can you can, you can catch up real quick all right that's what everybody says actually i'm gonna go home right after this and i'm <laughs> gonna watch I totally, trolls i totally too. agree i totally agree with you but what, I, what's been, in it uh, uh, i mean like is it there is the best music you've ever heard okay no, it's it's awful but no, like I'm just like tron like daft punk you know yeah like I think, I don't know, like, I love Daft Punk. And that was one of the first CDs that I bought as, like, a second grader, I think, yeah. at, I don't know, at one of the bookstores, was, I picked that up and never thought that electronic music in that sense would be, but I think, to your point, it's got that melody, it's got the groove that, like, I don't think anyone can really dis. I mean, no, obviously people I like can dislike Punk, it, and I'm my own, I don't even like electronic. Well, that's music, because I like most them. most of the music that they have is just they use samples from the '70s and then just loop it over and over and over again. Like Every single one of the samples that, that they have, you can watch this YouTube video. I'll show you later uh, of, about uh, how uh, they just take they take these like '70s soul and funk samples and then they just like speed them up or slow them down and then they just put that to an 808 bass. But I mean. And that's that brilliant awesome. within itself, you know. That's like, awesome. Like I'm, I, I've just been on like Frank Moody right now, and it's that kind of that same British funky, like I don't know. But you would think that it's like a DJ or some some variation of that, and you watch their live video, and it's like mind blowing to see that they are, you know, those those vocal mel, you know, harmonies are all live. Like the stuff that they're doing, it's like holy shit, this is like a live band creating what you would think a DJ might be doing so i think i'm hoping that there's you know i guess we've had like sts9 there's those like jammy yeah. bands that Sounds kind of do that to, uh, uh tame impala yeah exactly. oh my god you know, and so that like, that is brilliant. there's no dj in that that is right. just like six or set well i don't know how many people it's that one guy kevin true kevin, kevin, like, kevin that makes everything but a lot of like synth and yeah well that's why i like it so much you know but anyways but uh 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 that that entire genre i think that's the way they're kind of going with it they're getting away from the that's which never, will always exist. Yeah, it's never it's going like, away. It's always going to be here. No, nothing the is chicken ever going to go Chicken dance never away. left either. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the cha-cha slide. Yeah, cha-cha you know? slide. It's well, there's a ton of terrible music wedding. out there. Like, I had a book Smash Mouth one time. Like, <laughs> did, you, did you book Smash Mouth for the... For the, for the <laughs> hey, uh, hey, you know, it's Smash Mouth, but that was one of the largest crowds we've ever had at sure, Oktoberfest. Yeah. That, yeah. that was Oktoberfest, right? Yeah. I made a post. I was like, I wear all my all-stars tonight. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I, I can't wait to see all the glitters turn to gold but there's <laughs> i think there's a place for every bit of music in the world you yeah know? like maybe totally. not every but there's <laughs> there's a place for it I mean, place and time and and, and and nothing's ever gonna gonna go away either you know like for a while there we like you weren't really seeing live bands in in the pop world and then or the hip or hip-hop world even you know it's like you weren't seeing live bands and even the hip-hop world's kind of brought that back into what they do anderson pack 
most oh unbelievable live show I've seen. I saw this year was. was Did you see my Halloween? No, we were we were working on an event out in Palm Springs called uh, Four by Far Festival, and he was one of the headliners. And, Jesus, uh, I didn't get to see him though. It's like two hundred people, and it was embarrassing how small the crowd was, but it was the coolest experience yeah. to see him He's for the incredible. first time, and and you know this decent sized production with like a few hundred people bro his his image the whole thing he's got going on like the music is great i i love what he's doing but like like just the way he dresses and like it's yeah. just the his whole, whole thing. like we're talking like the whole image the but he's a great performer like yeah a phenomenal drummer and the yeah. fact that he can like do what he does while he's drumming like to a T, you know? know. That, that's what I think is so incredible. How I missed his Halloween you? performance and you know, it kills I me. To, I didn't get to go see that either, but uh, I, I just can't believe how he he's doing everything that he's doing and playing drums and really well at it at yeah. the same time. It's not like, all right, let's just play like a real basic backbeat. It's, nope. He's like in the forefront doing yeah. these sick fills. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. Shit, he's good. produced by Dr. Dre too, which is, you know, a lot to do. It's good. It says a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the pop industry. It's like, we, we can say what we want about the pop music that we're listening to, but there go th- there's so much that goes into those productions and like the artist development that there's no room for error. So you're talking about people that are pulling off perfection, and Anderson Pock is somebody who's working with one of arguably one of the the, the most successful pop DJ or uh, pop producers in the world, Dr. Dre, and there's no room for error. Like you just you don't get to mess up. So it's like you have to. He probably spent. I mean, 10, 12, 13 hour days rehearsing with his band before they go on the road and just locking themselves in a room and just getting their show down. And like on stage, like they probably had a production in their rehearsals on stage just to make sure that it was all going to go smoothly. Oh, yeah, I mean, tri- like for for big tours like that, like pre-production, I mean, you've got your like, you know, ensemble rehearsals. Like you go through your phases of yep. like different rehearsals and then your pre-production rehearsal is you with your full production your full team right doing what you would do on stage and probably doing that for sometimes a week maybe three days whatever it is but i mean i think that's crucial because like your lighting director your you know monitor uh, engineer your front of house like everybody plays a super key role in that performance which um i mean all of us know that that's a, a, a part of it but i think that you know the average uh, listener someone at a show is not going to remember that there's like probably 10 or 15 other people that aren't even just the guys on stage that are you know a huge a huge piece of that that 100%. show coming to life 100 percent, which is like also bringing it back to what we were talking about way earlier about like your budgets for shows when you start getting into the theater realm and the arena realm where you're talking about like these 100 person production teams and it's it's just like your your budget like like the sh- and the artists pay for all that, right? So you don't ju- like like it's not like, a per- like somebody's just coming in and doing that. Like the artists, that's all factored into their overhead before they walk away with whatever their ticket sales and no plus whatever guarantee they might have for that. It's like that's all factored into the artist cost. And and if you think that the that the that the main person, let's say Beyonce, if you think if if you think she's not aware of those numbers and what that show is going to cost her, you're sadly mistaken. Well, she's, is, she's got somebody who knows those numbers for her. Right, but, but she, she doesn't not. Know, I'm sure she But does. she doesn't not know those numbers, though, right? Somebody is communicating to her something about it because it, she, it's her business. It's her. It it's is. Her and she's like, and I think we when we were doing our, our workshops, like the first guest we had was is Chris Martignago from, um, you know, uh, Atlantic Records and from uh, his management company, and he. The thing that like stuck with me that he said was the artist needs to be the CEO. Yep. Like, and at the end of the day, like that's like all, you know, our artists, any artist you work with needs to have that, like 
that leadership vision, but also the understanding of their business and those, those numbers. Cause if you don't like you, you, you can't lead the rest of that. Team. Yeah. You well, can't lead that project to, to be successful. Right. Let's say you do like you, you do have your management or uh, typically management will be collecting all that information. Let's say that you do fire them for some reason. If you don't know those numbers yourself, what do you do? Right. It's like, you know, it's not like, Hey, let me, uh, you're fired. Now let me get my numbers, by the way. It's like, you have to already have those logs and just be aware of, of what's going on with every show that you're doing because everybody is temporary in those positions. It's gotta be so wild being like the top dog and like, you have to know all that stuff and then also be Beyonce on top of it. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. It's like being an amazing musician on top of being like, just having your business on point. Yeah. But you know? and like the CEO though is, 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 you know, they know they don't they might not know the detail, the nitty gritty. Right, They're right, more right. there as like a leader. Like they've they've got people in places that they trust that will provide them with that information yeah, I can in only a concise it. manner. You know, like Sure. Um but it's I don't know, it's a crazy when you get to that level, it's just a whole different world. It's a whole different world. That's the level that I think like, I don't know, that I definitely want to strive to be at. I don't know, like you I know I could see you being Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get there and shake my booty. I don't care. You got the hips I'm, for if it. If I'm making a couple million dollars for a show, I'll do whatever you want me to do. No problem. What? Facebook. Uh, what? Uh, what do you think you could do? For yeah. That? yeah. Face, <laughs> Facebook. How much? How much would it take to get uh uh get Anton to start singing all my ladies, all single ladies? I'll tell you how much it would cost you. Right remember now. that wedding man that we were in? We had to play that song. Um, and then because I played, right I played. I won't say it, okay. but I, I had to play. I had to play the on the my keyboard. Dun, 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 oh yeah, the, uh, the one she did with Jay Z back. Oh in the my day. god, I'm just like this is the, uh, 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 and I'm just sitting there. I'm we're standing there in a suit and tie, and I'm just like. This is exactly where Crazy I pictured right myself at 27 years old. I'm really glad I decided to be yeah. a musician. <laughs> Anyways, crazy right now. Not all the single ladies. Hey, uh, nothing, David nothing. Stringer is uh, one of uh, one of our managers as well. He was. Oh, right well, on. He wanted to know what what's the name of your podcast? Yeah, David, and, and to everyone else listening, we're every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We've uh, been doing the R Team virtual workshops. So uh, if you head over to Real Time Entertainment and Management. Uh, Facebook page we've got the uh, live streams up on there um, from the past weeks but we're doing eight weeks of episodes uh, we're in week I think we're in week six now I'm kind of losing my sense of time but we got one on top of you yeah we're week seven. Oh shit that's yeah. okay uh, that's right well, I'm glad to be here just you know and we'll, we'll, we'll cross promote you know but yeah, uh, we've had like we started like in the sense of doing week one with artist development and that's when we had Chris uh, Martin Yago from Atlantic Records week two in branding three in marketing four in live shows five in uh what did yeah. we cover last week oh booking had tim hall With tim, yeah, that was really and then the next few are going to be solid like we're going to do on the road uh, my buddy's a tour manager for a lot of the bigger reggae artists and he's going to kind of drop definitely some watching those. that sounds awesome yeah i mean it's i our, my goal with it was obviously we've all got a ton of time right now um and i wanted to you know i've always said that i've wanted to like interact with our local music community a little bit more than i've ever been um been able to do um from the informational side um, of things so just was trying to get as much of the uh you know content and people that i've connected with just from working festivals and things like that to be able to kind of bring that knowledge into uh you know the rest of us here locally to hopefully elevate our music scene as a whole um, sure. you know on the back end of this when we're back to playing shows and you know doing our thing well you guys are definitely doing it right man the, uh, the industry aspect that people don't understand 
I think you guys are definitely bringing that element to Jacksonville, which is great. Thank um, you, man. We're yeah. trying to thank, all no, stick together you, here. Seriously. Ben has a great question. Um, are you guys looking at the agile process and management for the music industry? Not going to lie. What uh, What do you mean by agile process? Because uh, I, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. Well, it's a 10 second Drop some knowledge, Ben. He'll do something like that. Ben uh, plays in a band called Ben Strock and the Full Electric. They are badass. They used to play in Heart of Watts. Heard of Watts, Heard of Watts yeah. hell yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, what, what you're doing with those, uh, while Ben's uh, answering the question or getting back to us on that, uh, what you guys are doing are, is, is great for the scene here. When people ask me about what I'm looking for in, in cities as far as music cities, I tell them that there's a very clear distinction between a music scene and a music industry that exists in those places. And that, to me is what makes the city so appealing for music. It's like, okay, like Jacksonville's got a great scene and there's a lot of cities that have great scenes, but is there like an industry in place there? Like, mm -hmm. are there studios, are there labels, are there people that are there that are investing money into into bands to take it to the next level? You know, LA, Atlanta, Austin, um, Chicago, like these are places, uh, Nashville, obviously New York, these are places that have like huge industry, uh, just um like strongholds strongholds yeah, yeah. the the big companies in the in the industry are all in those major markets and exactly we're not there we're so we're, we're on the periphery on the peripheral right periphery peripheral peripheral, peripheral. that's peripheral. Hurt that's where we exist hard word which is not a bad which in today's age is not a bad thing it's it's you can you and know, i think you mean precipice actually on the outside, like you're not, you're not, you're not there, but you're like right up. Yeah, okay. That's a, but, we're like an ancillary market. We yeah. like, we are like on. Like uh, you look at touring and everything like that. Is like we're we're not like definitely not your first stop for uh, any major tour. Right. But we're getting more of it. Like, and I think that's probably where you're going. Is like this is, I, at least for me, I see the potential for a city. I'd rather go. I'd rather stay in a market that has potential for growth than yeah, go and date right. myself into like, and obviously everything is good. Like my brother's in LA, he made the move to pursue, um, you know, producing music and working with labels. And there's a time and a place, I think, depending on what your goal is within the industry. But I think a lot of people forget how lucky and local musicians, even like Jacksonville, were able to like, you're able to sustain them being like, even if it's just a bar musician, like you can make a pretty good living just playing music and like not working a ton of hours and i mean i'm not saying it's easy by any means but you're not working a nine to five and well, you can do it here it's cheap yeah because it's cheap to live you know like I, I have friends out in la that are working three gigs a day sometimes just to and barely rent, getting by yeah. you know uh so ben agile processes planning and workflow management methodology typically used in software development as tech and music merges, I think there is an opportunity for great synergy to apply this uh, to apply this trying uh, to grow your music. Let's catch up. Let's catch up. Yeah, on Ben. Like I, okay. I get. I get the. I think. I think I understand what you're getting for getting at there. Um, we do have a lot like on, within the management. Well, management of like the bands as well as the events. We we use a lot of different like software and programs at this point to help um, streamline our work. Uh, Google suite as like a free tool, like really maximizing the Google suite, everything from Gmail to like figuring out how to automate emails within there to help, um, you know, automate some of our follow-ups and outreach. Um, we use GigWell, which is a, like a booking platform that helps automate. Um, it manages our band, like each band's calendar. Um, we're able with that to issue contracts, collect deposits. Like it really, it organizes all of our analytics for, um, you know, revenue for each month per band and per agent. And like, we're able to really 
use a few of these like pieces of softwares and tools to help, um, you know, make our business more efficient. But at the end of the day, there's still a lot of, I think like just hands on and, and kind of old school approach, I guess as old school as using the internet and a computer is. Right. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I think, I mean, we use technology to our advantage. Like we, at least from just from a remote standpoint, like, um, for a lot of like the event management and talent buying work that I do, like I'm, I'm on the road a good bit. Um, but obviously still in tune and engaged with, with, you know, the other projects that we have going on with, you know, the other teammates. Um, so just being able to have like all of that in the palm of my hand from, you know, the app side of things or Google calendar, as simple as that, like we use Google calendar for like all the venues we book for every, every different project we have going on is, is in Google calendar and we've got our timelines. We've got it all there in one place that makes it, um, easy for us to manage and, and kind of keep in, in, um, you know, in time and online. But I think everybody's got to kind of find their own tools and projects, the management softwares or whatever it is that the best suits your process. Totally. Yeah. Hopefully that answers some of your question. Ben. Yeah. We use Google calendar. I, 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 it's the easiest thing in the world. Cause I'm in three, I can't remember. I think two or three bands. And so I'm just like, they all use the exact same thing. I'm like, Oh, and they're all color coded and everything. It looks nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I've been using, um, like a number, like the numbers platform on, on Mac to, to keep track of like what the, our, our ticket sales and how much, you know, we're making on each show plus what we're paying out for whatever. And as well as just my own personal records for gigs that I play around town just to keep track of what I'm making per month and what I'm going to owe in taxes, you know, quarterly and all that stuff, which is, a whole other issue to get into as well as a, as a musician. Um, we'll get an accountant on as a guest. That'll be a real great show. <laughs> oh, I've, yeah. <laughs> like we start each of our shows by like talking about this whole PPP loan process, and like we've uh, had yeah. talking about. Were you guys able to get that? I actually did this week. Nice. Finally, which was huge. That's um, awesome. But the whole like bookkeeping side of things is like I manage all of our books, which is probably not the greatest thing in the world but uh, it's just super like tedious and boring i, lo- I love that stuff though. i do too it's super important but it's i it's not the easiest thing to learn. i hate it i loathe ever i loathe the end of every quarter the, sorry the beginning of every new quarter where i add, start adding up all the expenses and everything which is which i luckily i keep track monthly of what our expenses are so i always have to like look at one master thing to add up for the quarter and then at the end of the year I add up all the stuff from the different quarters and that I'm able to figure out what, what our expenses were, what we made and all this stuff. It's just like for me as somebody who doesn't think like that, I don't even like budgeting for my personal life because it gives me anxiety. So like doing it for the band where, there's, should, where there's five other people involved, if you include uh, the guys in the band plus management, it's like that shit just gives me anxiety. So I don't like doing it. And it's so just like, okay, I'm at a computer for 12 hours that day. Just like, counting numbers i love and it and then like organizing I, 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 it all. Too. I do it every day do you do it every i do, I do it every day too every morning i don't know i don't know why maybe i should be a manager because i'm not that good at music <laughs> i mean i'm really shitty at music so uh, well not re- me well, I, I said not that personally. good but oh, i mean no you are pretty shitty really but shitty. you know it's fine i mean what are you gonna do one to talk hey you gotta <laughs> you gotta have a backup plan you gotta have a backup that, plan that's right that's, hey that's a number one thing i always have a backup always plan. a backup i screwed I, myself and was playing on playing at bars the rest of my life if side also doesn't work out but no nah, you know, i can't wait to see a 50 at flying iguana it'd be great <laughs> i i thought uh 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 my backup plan uh 
getting, I've, I've always been good at audio video and stuff like that. And my dream job that I've always wanted to have, if so not you to already be a musician, know where, where you're heading. I want to, I want to be an NFL film uh, uh, camera guy. Well, dude, that's, I mean, we got it in our backyard. I, I don't know, think that's, that's a far I mean. stretch. I know it's not, but I'm going to stick with music for a while. Give it yeah, don't happens. give up on your dreams. I'm not going to give up on my dreams, but like you said, that sounds like a great secondary dream. Given, uh, given the amount of times there are cameras, I'll give it a couple more months. Episode, I'm just saying, you're doing it. You're off to a great start. Do you know why? I figured out why it's over. So the, well. the camera keeps going off because it's oh, it's overheating. Well, you know. What do you want me to do about that, Sub Zero? Oh, we got um, another reply from Ben. Ben, yeah, I, I can't. Re- my eyes do not work. I got so you. So got that. Definitely helps. This is more of a process or a way of thinking around organizing uh, and strategy against goals so or business. Ben, I think what you're getting at is like for workflow management, at least from the from our standpoint. Uh, we need, well, and I could be wrong, but for me, it's like, we need more consistency in the workflow for that to then be implemented, at least in my book, which we were finally getting to pre quarantine was like, we were getting consistency in like year to year events. We were getting more data built up for each of the bands. Cause we had finally been working with them for a few years. So we had expectations of like, all right, this is generally what we're doing in revenue each year. This is the goals that we're achieving. The markets we're hitting, like um, able to have like those obtainable and like the, the numbers I really just to work with. Um, but the industry is so fluid and there's such rapid changes. I find it difficult to do a ton of like workflow plan, like, I guess like managing like what our workload's going to be. Cause with any event company or anything in like within this industry, I think you've got like really high times and then you've got really like you might have a week where you just can't do anything because you're waiting on exactly. vendors to get back to you or whatever it is. Like, and you know, there's some weeks where you know our team is working like it seems like 24 hours a day to try and you know achieve these <laughs> unobtainable goals that we eventually somehow manage to you know scrape by and get them done. But um, I think it would be great if we could find a way to manage that process and i think we're getting there as a at least with our business is like slowly getting a little bit more of like a routine in order and understanding like which seasons are going to be really busy for festivals for our planning purposes or you know when we need a ton of people on site it just i think it's we're starting to get more data that allows us to to implement those strategies but i don't know if that even answers your question again ben but i'm trying here (laughs) ben has got one of the uh most calculated minds or ever like anybody i've ever met like we, him and i sat down and had a conversation um is probably a, a year ago now and he was like kind of pressing me on on what like the goals and like what our numbers were like what were just like what we were trying to actually do and when i found i found myself not being able to answer them 100 percent correctly at that time i think i have a better grasp on it now but at that time it was just like man, these are really insightful questions I wouldn't have thought about and just the way that he works and the, the way that he thinks about things mm. my mind doesn't think like that so it's like it's he's got a very logistical way of looking at things which is perfect for a band leader or, or anybody who's like trying to really get into especially this business where where you, it's it's so hard to like gauge where you're gonna be going to next you know everything is so like I don't know super speculative yeah, you're just ex- hoping and exactly seeing what happens and then opportunities pop up like a week before you're like, Oh, someone dropped off this festival. And then the trajectory of your project changes for that entire year. Absolutely. You're just, you're just going with the flow. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think that's the thing, flexibility and like just being able to adapt to any situation that you're, you're going to find yourself in with the business and, and being able to find either the positives in it or if it's, you know, a, a negative downturn, whatever it is like we're having right now, this is a, obviously a negative downturn for all of us probably financially and, 
Um, but and work wise yeah. too, you know, I mean, like just sitting like the first week I went into like a deep depression. I'm like, I don't know what to do right now. Yeah. It's like you contemplate life. Like what do we, everything we've worked for is, is just kind of put on hold yep. and, and maybe in def, you know, we did, we have no idea. I mean, it still could be maybe, but things are looking Bank up. Bank of the 4th of July though is my guess. I'm, <laughs> either way, I'm celebrating the 4th of July. Yeah, yeah for of sure. course. Yeah. Um, I kind of fireworks. I think that, th- but this downtime has also made me realize a couple of things when it comes to like what what I'm actually trying to do with this whole thing, mm-hmm. and I know that I've valued the time being away from playing the bar scene. You know, again, like the whole reason why I got into playing music was because I wanted to play my music, not other people's music, and I want people like music did so much for me growing up that I want to be able to have that same effect on people. So when I'm playing at a bar and someone's requesting Justin Bieber or something, and, they, and they're like, and then when you play it and they're not even listening, that kind of shit, or like they're just being obnoxious and just like whatever. Like you play it? it? It's No, I don't play Justin Bieber. That was oh. just an example. But like, baby. Yeah, <laughs> baby. It's not, it's not hard lyrics. I know you're a lyrics guy. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's made me really realize that like how can we figure out other ways to – to to make money that's not going to require playing bars without having to work a day job uh so i can really make this original music thing work out you know so it's tough i mean and and it it's given us all i think a chance to slow down a little bit and and at least for me i I know i've taken trying to i'm trying to take this time to like take a broader look at like what we're doing as a whole um you know uh, outside of even the company like personally like what your habits are like things that you might have been wanting to do like i don't know like forever i've wanted to just be at home and work out regularly and like i don't know have like some sort of routine in my day so it's like i think we should all if you aren't already like maybe try and take this time to to if you have you know obviously the the ability to at this point to break new you know break old habits that you don't like and hopefully create new ones that are going to help benefit you you know when things kick back into gear for sure but yeah i learned how to cook I still I, haven't done that. I like I'm 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 not hey t- Tony, I'm not bad, right? Uh you got pretty good at grilling. I don't know how you are at cooking things. What's uh what's your go to right now? Mashed potatoes. I can make you the best Ooh, that mess fire. Ba- mess best mashed potatoes this side of Mississippi. What you throwing on the grill. Yeah, I got if you want to stick around, I got brats, uh and I got New York strip too if you want if you want to hang out. If you're busy you're trying to wine and dine me over here. Yeah, whatever. I mean you know. Well, I don't have any sure gets a good time. I don't have any I don't have any wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we got uh, <laughs> makers and dimes. I had some makers. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we've been talking more for makers? a while. Oh, shit. We've been on for about an hour and a half. Nice. Time flies when I'll you're having say. deep conversation. That's yeah. Great, do you want to wrap it up and get to our unpopular opinions? Yeah, we can wrap it up and get to our unpopular opinions. We'll let, you, we'll let you have one, too, but uh, just real quick, we're just going to go through them. I'm, I'm excited to hear them. <laughs> they're, really, they're really stupid. <laughs> really stupid. Uh, so unpopular opinion number one. Uh Biopics suck. But music biopics are the worst the, things on the planet. The worst. What do you think? Did you like the Queen movie? You I can't hated st- you Queen can't. before it. And oh. now I don't. You hated Queen before it? Not that I hated. I just was not a huge fan of the music. Not your thing. I was also naive to the story. So, like, yeah. I think I... I'm not saying that that uh, gave me the full picture of what it was. But yeah. I, I have a different... Uh, view of what queen is now yeah and it was probably not an actor it's more positive you watch that movie but I, I guess like accurate. just the music of it yeah, yeah like it allowed me to do more research on the band and like actually become a little bit more intrigued because freddie mercury wasn't even gay <laughs> he didn't even die from aids he it's didn't so even stupid. die from bah, AIDS. Bah, bah, bah. I, hang, I hang out with them every other thursday at the pool hall <laughs> um 
Uh, next unpopular opinion <laughs> <Stupid>. is uh, <laughs> they need to make another Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> I know, dude. I'm like, come on. How many Game how over there. do we have to wait? <laughs> we need more Fast and Furious. I stopped on the first movie. I remember, I remember you going to see the seventh one. Bro, you're missing out. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. I'm just that's, yeah. A, that's the second thing I'm going to watch tonight <laughs> is all six of the Fast, Fast and Furious <laughs> movies I've missed. Faster and more furious. Yeah. <laughs> Too uh, fast, too furious, ludicrous. Come on, Ludacris what, what car good. would you have? Tokyo Drifting. The <laughs> Tokyo Drift is what I was. Tokyo Drift, the prequel. Okay, the, I mean, the do, prequel. That was a prequel. That was my favorite Fast and Furious. I had to movie. watch one tonight. Would it be the prequel? It would be Tokyo Drift. All right, probably. There's if a you want to give me real order, you know what I mean? Game on, guys. Ben Diesel's not in it. Um, yeah, no, that's probably makes it so good. Triple X. Triple X, Dark. What was that one movie he did? I was, was dating like some girl and she said, Vin prequel. Diesel's the hottest man alive. I'm like, we can't hang out. <laughs> <laughs> he's, not an, he's not an ugly looking guy. Is that The Rock? Uh, it's <laughs> that's like, rock. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you just like, whatever. Uh, let's see. Uh, unpopular. I'm going to get... I'm gonna get killed. For do you this want me? One. To, I'll say it. No, I'm ready for it. I actually do believe this. So, oh, okay. Uh, lettuce is not good anymore. Let's just Ooh, say. It. Damn. Like the the music or the no, actual the, the music, <laughs> the band, the, the band? band. Lettuce after Krasno left. Not a fan. Sorry. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and move on before we start getting. Yeah, jeez. Uh, hey, let's hear one. what you got out there, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, let's see. Um, Billy, you can take this last one here. What's the last one? I'm going to let you handle that one. That's a little too uh, risky This is going to be rough. Uh, <laughs> oh, I would rather go to church than hear a dead fan talk about a specific dead show. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I swear to God, if you ever listen to him, like, duh, bro, I was there, 78, man, and fucking Jerry just started wailing. And, like, he, he went right into sugary, rainbow across the sky. I'm like, I'm... Like fucking, I'll take communion. I'll go to church. <laughs> You'll repent for your. The, I will for repent. all those sins. I will repent for all the grateful dead fans. What well, I'm trying to say, you're like Jesus. Anybody. Is that what you are? Huh? Now? You're like, you're, are you calling yourself Jesus? If anybody in this is room this looks like Lennon Jesus, sim- it's scenario. You. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, stretch your arms out. You've already got fucking nails in your fucking arm. I'd oh! <laughs> Did it? That's bah, a, bah, bah. That's I know. A, I need the. Bah, 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 bah. Uh. That was it. Oh, and also, no, there's one more here. There um, is? Van Halen is overrated. Just Bullshit. Saying. 100%. Bullshit. Oh, yes. Nico's on my side on that what? one. I've never been a Van Halen fan. Can't well, stand then. Van it's Halen. too, like, it's just too showy. It's like Joe Bonamassa. All yeah, these, exactly. Like, these, exactly. Like, egotistical guitar we were, we, were, so we get it, bro. You can shred. We, get, was we spent it, 12 hours a day practicing. We get it. Was it doesn't it la- make you a good band member. Was it last yeah, night exactly. or Friday? We were Friday. We were, were going back like, and forth between Jimmy Page. And, no, we weren't and going Van back and forth. Halen. You just gave me an onslaught of Van Halen. Van Halen. Panama. I gave you one Zeppelin, dude. We went right back to Van and Halen. And you picked like the worst Zeppelin, to Zeppelin tune for days. Zeppelin yeah, all day. Right, you, get, you no, take, I put on a good Zeppelin tune. You just don't like it because you don't like blues. Eddie blues Van Halen tune. would blow Jimmy Page out of the water. I'm just saying. Uh, well, Not yeah, he's a be- technically a better guitar player. And better songwriter. Like raw emotion. Just, just more like, of a rock star. Better more looking. More of a rock star. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> uh, Sorry. After, this one. after right. Sam, hold on. Uh, <laughs> did, I think David's about to uh, commit some serious blasphemy here. Uh, so it's going to be logged on uh, Facebook forever. Are you a fan of Sammy Hagar Van Halen? or No, I uh, listen to Eddie... <laughs> What was it for fucking Joe Dirt? I listen to Van Halen, not Van Hagar. Yeah. <laughs> These colors don't run. <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, while David's answering that question, because that has to be clarified, because uh, David Lee Roth is like, is like, for Van Halen fans, like, that's it. And then Sammy Hagar is like, you know, blasphemy, basically. Yep. I mean, I like Sammy Hagar was technically a better singer than David Lee Roth. 
Again, it was before before that, it was just like a bunch of just showmen on stage, just like wanking. It's all it was. Oh yeah, okay. I mean, it was technically good, but right. just I mean, you know, let's okay. listen to Eruption fucking over and over again. My let's favorite part that. about Eruption is everybody knows that song, and it's a, just a two minute guitar solo, and that's it. Yeah. Fucking Van Halen rules. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, all day. Oh, uh, David doesn't like uh, us. Uh, you starting to get my personality. I'm catching on. You're catching, catching on. on, on catching on. The dynamic here. It's a little. It's, it's a little frustrating for most people. This we, is way more exciting than mine. <laughs> <laughs> but we had we had uh, we had you know uh, Adam Kenaway. Oh yeah. So we had him play. We had him fill in for us last year while our bass player was out. We was, he went to, on the road to New Orleans with us. And uh, the typical dynamic in the van is either I'm driving or Billy's driving, and I sit up front, and then the other two guys sit in the back. So you guys are always at the helm. We're just yeah, we're just bickering nonstop. And Adam was like, "You guys are just this is exhausting. It's like welcome to what these guys deal with on a regular basis, just going back and forth about who sucks more, basically." It's a great way to pass the time on the road. Well, that's it really true. Is. Yeah, it, I always say like I can't I can't listen to music and drive that far. If you start talking while you're on the road, fucking time flies. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's insane. Oh, I've quickly. heard Chris and Nick, like, I'll jump on the road with Honeyhounds for periods of time, and I, I feel like Chris and Nick could literally talk. I'll sleep for, like, five hours, and they will be on the same conversation yeah. when I wake <laughs> yeah. up. I hope you guys are watching so that you can realize that you guys have some of the most epic uh, arguments I've, I've ever seen. Don't, yeah. We don't. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Me That's great. And, me and Tony don't hate each other. We just, we oh, just no, They we don't just, hate each other. You, they just love to argue about music. That's what we do. We just argue find, about music You just music find somebody that you can just... just you know, just destroy with like a fucking sledgehammer of words. It's and, hilarious and go that you think that's what it is, right? Because like nobody else feels it. You're the one that gets out on top in these but conversations. But, but when anybody that's why else it's called bottom of the bill because you're on the bottom all the time and your name is Bill. I'm bom, a, bom, bom. I'm power oh, bottom. she's power a power bottom. bottom. You're an sure. aggressive power bottom. I'll give Speed's you that much. the name of the game. But you're bro. always in the bottom is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about getting excited and getting, getting it done with. Anyways, before we close this out, Billy is going to sing a song for everybody who does Hang on. Talk amongst yourself while I get this up because okay. I got I got to do a little couple. Uh, things. Billy's got to set some shit up, so we're gonna. Well, I just got to move a couple things. You got to move a couple you know, things. Got to get comfortable. Yeah, get comfy, cozy. You got to get comfy, wumpy on the on the couch. Um, that might so be yeah, the gayest thing what ever happens, said, like, What you guys see on stage of what we do is literally about ten percent of what actually happens with this whole thing. I mean, like literally, like everything we have to think about, everything that we have to like set up and get organized before we go on stage, before you get to see what you like so much about music it's like for us that's literally a f like barely a fraction of what actually goes into our thing uh the camera turned off again camera guy camera guy yeah you really set yourself calling, up for the dude. nfl they here told you you're fired i get better at your job is all i'm saying right anyways um it just it just knows it's oh did it again it's turned it. off again it worked for three hours last week what happened Battery died. All right, guys. Well, this has been another episode of Bottom of the Bill. We're going to get you guys your song next week because Billy's going to get better at his job by then. And, bah, bah, bah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you guys. No, I'm already doing the outro. People are going away now. We only got one viewer now, so <laughs> they all left. Um, and oh, it's back, back on. That's our backup oh, hey camera. World. Oh, we got our backup camera here. We lost the jellyfish. You've lost, oh, yeah. You can't see the jellyfish anymore. There's, there's one jellyfish. There, All right, there Billy, do are. the song for everybody. Okay. Is there anybody still watching this? Yeah. Is there anybody still watching this? I fixed it. We got five people. All right.
got all the. If you donated, you're about to hear your name in a song that Billy's uh, writing right now. So. Keep talking with yourself. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not well, ready thank yet. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a great conversation. Well, thanks to yeah, Billion for coming fun. out. Thanks yeah, coming it's out. been very, very informative. We're trying to do a similar thing. We're just bringing. We're gonna bring people together. You feeling E flat? I love it. E flat's feeling you right now. They don't, you got a face for radio. Yeah. Uh, now we can't see ants on. I can't see the money maker. It's all right. What are we gonna do? It's, right. it's me and Nico. Nico's good looking too. You'll be all right. We'll be all right. Derek Smith. <laughs> you gave me all your money and Nancy Bradley. Ooh, what a fine fucking honey. Sean Smith. Yes, yeah, Sean, you did great. Brian, you did too. Pendergrass, Kalani David, Greg Susan, Vicky Lefsey, Hannah Raleigh, you're the woman, Jeremiah, you're the one I need, Kyle Seow, and Daniel fucking Sides, yeah, Miss Dita Smith, Rochelle Indio. Someone named Florencia. I don't have your last name though. <laughs> Jessica Demers, Nerna Moran, and Jake Guyton. We all thank you all. Oh, do you think that was it? I gotta have a little bit of a, bit of a pause. A pause. Here we go. We're going fast time. Victoria Kuras, Joshua Barley, you did well. Matthew Strzok, what a nice guy. Mike David, I hope I see you soon. Sophia LaBloom, that's her, his sister, not too shabby to look at. Hey, Tim Redman, what a nice lady. Matt Filato, Matt Filato, fucking Matt Filato, he's my friend too. <laughs> Plots, thank you for giving me money. Tavris as a rapperati. Gerald Kisano and Cotton Marlock. Ermenia La Plume. Lynn Thomas, I assume. <laughs> You're the mother of our bassist. And we've got. Benjamin Cooper What a motherfucking trooper And David and Michelle We hope that you are doing well <laughs> Please tell me that's going to be on the album Thank you so <laughs> much Thank Bonus you so track. much for donating <laughs> to our fundraiser And we will see you again very soon I uh, apologize for the uh, audio and video Make sure you check out Brews in Riverside. They're going to get 10% off. We're going to announce the winner uh, of anybody who shared this on Friday. And thank you to Nico and the whole real-time crew for doing what they do in Jacksonville. Cheers, y'all. Thank, yeah, thanks a million for ha coming over. I appreciate it. All right. Man, this is the furthest I've driven in like two months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that fucking beach shit. All right. Adios, muchachos.